Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin'. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. The GHSA Girls Final Four is here. I have made it back home from my 826-mile trek across the state, going to Augusta to watch Lumpkin County versus Cross Creek in Class 3A. And then, of course, um, I went to Class A Public for some boys basketball, and we'll hear more about that on the boys podcast but here we are folks the final four is here it's been crazy i like i mentioned i just got into my place and we're jumping right on the podcast to try and make sense of what has happened this week here we go folks let's get straight into it class 7a class 7a we saw campbell knock off cherokee 61-52 in overtime. Make that double overtime a wild game where it looked like Cherokee had an opportunity to kind of put this game away, but Campbell kept clawing, clawing, clawing away. A missed layup um, that could have extended the lead for Cherokee uh, ended up hurting them. And Campbell, I have to wave the flag here. Campbell preseason number one in Class 7A. I know they were in and out, and they played a really tough schedule and I had to drop them out, but Campbell... Preseason number one, and what we said was going to be a very crazy Class 7A, high parity across many classifications on the boys and girls side, but none better than Class 7A. Campbell gets the job done, Final Four, and now they see Norcross a 77-60 winner over Brookwood. And let's let's uh, let's address the uh, the elephant in the room. One for four on these Final Four picks, so not hot. I only have Archer remaining as my, my one pick um, that I picked before the state playoffs started, but we'll talk about them in a second. So we see Campbell versus Norcross. Norcross, as I mentioned, 77-60, to 60, a big win over Brookwood. Janiah Aikens with a big game there, very good young guard. So what do we see here? Norcross, a very good team. Both these teams have seen very stiff competition throughout the regular season and beyond. Um, Norcross, you would have to think Zarya Hurston going to DePaul has a big advantage inside the quickness, the athleticism, the leaping ability to clean up misses. But shoot, Campbell just continues to get the job done. They continue to win games. That guard play has been tremendous. Layla Battle coming up big, an unsigned senior that has looks from many different levels, just continuing to get the job done. Nia Bozeman was that region player of the year. Sarah Taub going to North Florida. You know, there's just so many weapons. They play so hard. They never relent, and they're always in the game. They are going to give Norcross everything they want and more. I think Norcross is probably the slight favorite in this game just because Hurston is going to be a problem um, but Campbell um, this team is all seniors and they've been building toward this moment for a long time and Randy McClure is a legendary head coach and they just haven't been able to get over the hump and get the job done I think Norcross is a favorite here but I'm going to ride with my preseason number one Campbell, I saw something in the offseason. Again, loaded with veterans. It's now or never for this team. They've been through the ringer. They've been through the fire. I'm going with Campbell to knock off Norcross Spartans to the state championship. And on the right-hand side, Harrison knocks off Grayson 57-49. Archer 74-42 over Pebblebrook took care of business easily. This game is going to come down to how it is officiated. If Harrison is able to get to the foul line, 22 foul shot attempts against Grayson, uh, that is a lot for a team that hits a lot of threes. They made nine three-pointers. They get the vast majority of their offense from beyond the arc. If they are able to have that foul count at 11 to one, if they are able to get off their clean looks from beyond the three-point line. If Archer is not able to be physical with them and be able to defend them and run them off the three-point line, Harrison has a phenomenal chance and is probably, again, if I had to peg a team as a favorite, Harrison has to be the favorite here. But again, I think this is going to come down to how this game is officiated. If Archer can use their quickness and their length to their advantage, if Tania McGowan is able to get on the offensive glass and score, if Courtney Nesbitt can defend and run run these three-point shooters off the line, 
they'll have an opportunity. But Anna Garnett, the region player of the year for Harrison, coming off a six three-pointer game, you know Harrison is going to shoot the ball and shoot the ball well. Archer, what does Danny Wright, what does David Wright have in store to try and slow down this efficient offense? And again, if this game, if they let them, you know, get after it a little bit, advantage Archer. But if it's a hands-off game and Archer can't play physical defense, Harrison is going to have the advantage. Um, I think Harrison, as I mentioned, is the favorite in this game. It's, it's very tough to pick against them. Uh, you know, they live by the three-pointer. They die by the three-pointer, but they haven't died by it quite yet. Um, I'm going to go with, in the final four, we're in Class 7A here. This game is going to be played uh, on March 5th at Buford City Arena, an arena setting. Backdrop could be a little bit different for outside shooters. Harrison is a well-oiled machine. And every time I'm picking against Harrison, it seems like they win. Um, but I think I am going to go with, as I make these decisions on the fly, this is not good podcasting. I am going to go with Harrison to beat Archer. I just think that they've had that cohesion all season long. Archer, again, very good. I think they have the talent to definitely do. I think Mimi Whitehead's going to play a big role defensively. But again, this game comes down to how it's officiated. If it is officiated like it was against Grayson, I think Harrison is going to be able to move freely and get open looks and put Archer in a tough position. Harrison executes very well offensively. Um, If Archer is not able to make this a, a bit of a hectic game with their defense and really use their athleticism to their advantage, they could be in trouble. I'm going to go with Harrison to beat Archer. Now, let's take a look at Class 6A, which will be played on Saturday at West Georgia. We saw Rockdale County trailing early in this game come from behind and take down Brunswick 64-56. Danielle Carnegie, the best player Brunswick has seen all season long. I believe she went for about 35 points in this game. Four out of four teams correct, I predicted in this last podcast. Three out of four teams, if you date back to the preview podcast before the state tournament started. But Rockdale gets the job done, and they will see Lovejoy, number two in the state, knocked off number one. We picked Lovejoy to win this one. Just was going to be difficult for River Ridge to handle this game on the road against that that athleticism. And Brianna Preston, just a great point guard that can match what Matea Gale does. I heard she was great in transition, getting to that pull-up jump shot. Lovejoy, 71-59 winner here uh, against River Ridge. I'm riding with Lovejoy, who I picked to win the state title before this state tournament started. I'm going to ride with them. I just think they're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot to choose from. Leah Edwards, that second man uh, that helps out scoring the ball with Danielle Carnegie. But I know Rockdale is not at full strength right now. And if you're not at full strength, um, this this late into the season, uh, that really, really does hurt you. Uh, Nyla Williams has been out with a broken foot, got hurt in the region title game. And if you don't have all your, your pieces and you're going up against a Lovejoy team that has Lanaya Foster and Layla Hood and you know Brianna Hardy and they can just control the paint and they can score in multiple ways, just too much, too much. But Daniel Carnegie is a superstar, but boy, Lovejoy has one of their own in Preston. I like Lovejoy to win this game and end a great season from Rockdale. On the right-hand side of the bracket, we saw Kale 67-55 beat Rome, and now they see Sequoia 53-44 winner over Bradwell Institute. Ellie Blatchford had a huge game and was wildly efficient from the floor. Just knocked down pretty much every shot. She was about 12 of 14 from the field or close to it. Kale, they run up against another Cherokee team. Now, again, it was just the preseason when they got clobbered by River Ridge, so you can throw that out the window. But Kel plays just five players. And Rome, Rome had a great season, but Rome had plenty of, plenty of, plenty of, plenty of turnovers against Kel. Sequoia has better guard play than Rome. Sequoia beat Rome handily early, early on in the season. Ellie Blatchford is having a great season. She is coming on strong. Aaron Jackson played out of her mind to get her thousands point. 
Um, Susanna Rogers handles pressure. If Kell is only going to play five players with no bench, I know they have the dynamic scoring of Crystal Henderson, and they have Amaya Moss grabbing rebounds and Jada Green, and the, the list goes on and on. Jada Peterson is going to be a key factor here. I picked Kell to make it to the state title game, but Sequoia has more weapons to choose from. I think their guard play is very steady. I don't think Sequoia is going to turn over the ball that much. I think Sequoia uh, has battle-tested themselves. They played a very grueling non-region schedule to prepare for this. This team is going to come in and be, um, you know, they're going to be prepared. They're going to have a lot of game film. They're going to see a lot what Kell does. And if Kell, they only have five players that are going to be on the scouting report, that's, you know, I would assume a little easier to scout than Sequoia that can go seven or eight deep uh, when needed. Kell is my original pick to make it to the state championship game. Sequoia finally making it back to the Final Four since the first time maybe since around 2016 with Coach DeWitt. Kell is my original pick, but I think they're going to really have to play exceptionally well. If Crystal Henderson does not score, um, you know, over 20 points in this game, I think they're going to be in trouble. That's the one thing where I think they have that trump card is her creativity off the dribble and her ability to get to her spots and knock down outside shots. But if she starts off slow, if she is being pushed out to shooting, you know, 25-foot threes instead of whatever it is, 20-foot threes, Sequoia does have length at the guard position between Rodgers and Blatchford. I know they played a zone to uh, shut down Bradwell Institute, and I know they're going to play a lot of different defenses to kind of get into Kell. This is tough. Kell, again, maybe has a more individual talent, but Sequoia has, you know, they're, they're playing really good basketball right now. They came out of that bottom right-hand side, which is not necessarily quite as tough as maybe that right-hand side of the bracket. I'm, gonna, I'm going to stick with my original pick of Kell. I don't feel very strongly about this. Uh, I think they're going to have to play very, very well to win this game, but... Just for the sake of staying with what I picked at the beginning, I'll, I'll stick with Kell. Um, but I think Sequoia, uh, I, 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 I am not surprised whatsoever if Sequoia wins this game and just is just too strong top to bottom. But I'm going to stick with Kell. I'm going with the Longhorns to make it back to the state title game after not making it a season ago. So freshman year, they make it. Sophomore year, they miss it. Junior season with this class. I think they find a way to squeak it out, hit enough shots. Jada Peterson, a big X factor here. I'll take Kell to barely nip Sequoia. Class 5A, we saw Forest Park beat Loganville 52-40, and we saw New Manchester, a 41-33 winner over Hiram on that left-hand side of the bracket. Class 5A is going to be played on Saturday at Fort Valley State. We got three out of four games. We picked correctly here. Uh, only two teams at the very beginning of the podcast preview uh, in the final four. But let's start on this left-hand side. Forest Park. Uh, I think Forest Park should win this game. Carissa Richardson, of course, always gives you um, you know an opportunity to win. But I think Forest Park has, throughout the season, been the better team. Yasmin Allen's ability to score off the dribble. Uh, and shoots the three ball very, very well. She's had a breakout sophomore season. And I do think that Forest Park does have the length inside. I'm not going to say to stop Carissa Richardson, but to make things uh, much more difficult for. Uh, again, the players I'm looking at in this game for New Manchester to win. Cameron Bates has to have a good game. India Johnson has to have a good game. And both those girls more than likely need to score in double figures to win this one. Um, Forest Park got 14 points from Jada Brown in their last matchup uh, against Loganville, and she's a, a long guard that's going to be able to, you know, kind of probably hurt these these new Manchester guards because you're talking about Cameron Bates, India Johnson, um, even Paige Fierce. They're all about mm, five, 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 six. Forest Park has athleticism. They have length. They have big guards. And I think top to bottom, they've just been a better team throughout the season. So I'm going to go with Forest Park 
to eliminate New Manchester. Um, I just think they have more weapons. And again, they've, they've played Woodward Academy three times. So, you know, they haven't beaten them any of those three times, but they've seen the best of the best. I think they're not going to be beaten by one player. Uh, and I think that Forest Park makes it back to the state championship. On the right-hand side of this bracket, we saw Woodward Academy 84-58 over Maynard Jackson. I didn't want to say when Maynard Jackson beat him early on in the season that it was a fluke, but it was kind of a fluke. We knew Sydney Bowles was not going to shoot as poorly as she did in their first matchup, and um, she did not. They were able to take care of business, did so with ease here against Maynard Jackson, and they are going to have an opportunity to repeat as state champs. Um, just looking at it right now, Sydney Bowles had 20 points. Sarah Lewis stepped up with 23 points. Kennedy Mosley added 10 in this win over Maynard Jackson. And they just, they just have a lot to choose from. Kayla Whitner's back. Um, just a very deep team, and they've been the heavy favorite to win this classification all season long. And they play Warner Robins, 63-56 winner over Greenbrier, a game where I think I went with Greenbrier. Uh, as my original Final Four pick, but I was concerned with that aggressiveness of Warner Robins. They can really play physical. Jada Morgan is a tough nose guard that will crash the offensive glass. Taysa Aggie can shoot the three quite well, and they have some uh, big bruisers inside that rebound the ball um, very well. Um, I'm going with Woodward Academy here. I'm not going to try and overthink this. I think Warner Robbins is going to have that toughness factor that is going to play a role, but Woodward is so long. Sydney Bowles is such a three-level score. Um, Woodward Academy just, again, by far has been head and shoulders above the rest of the competition in Class 5A, and I just can't foresee them losing this game. I like Woodward Academy to make it back to the state title game and defend their state championship. On down to Class 4A, we got uh, a lot to talk about here. Uh, three out of four games correctly predicted in this one. Um, we'll start on this top left-hand side where we saw Luella 78-61 over Carver, Carver Columbus. They went down to Carver. They handled the pressure, and they beat them handily by 17 points. Luella, again, they got all the pieces. Uh, they're playing exceptionally well. Uh, they've been getting big contributions up and down the lineup, but you saw a really big game out of Milani Smith. She has been playing big, big, big her sophomore season, really has played herself onto some radars at a young age. Uh, they will be seeing Baldwin, 57-46 winner over Northwest Whitfield. It was nip and tuck until the fourth quarter. Uh, I think Luella should win this game. I know these two teams hooked up second game of the season. It was a close one. Luella won 55-54 over Baldwin. I think Luella has improved since then, as has Baldwin, because that was just a second game for a large freshman class. And Janae Walker had a huge game inside uh, with 19 points and 18 rebounds in that narrow defeat. But... Luella is playing really well. They, they took care of Carver with general ease. Um, Ari Dyson had 17 points in that first matchup against Baldwin. I think she is going to have a strong game here. Had 17 and 10 in that game. Um, you know, Cameron Berry scored 12 points for Luella in that first meeting, and she has not been playing. Uh, so that will be something to keep an eye on. But Milani Smith, she was only one of eight from the field in their first matchup, had four points. Obviously, that is way in the past. She's been playing so much better since then. Evelina Davlicu, eight points in that matchup. Um, I just like Luella, but again, Baldwin, if they can get in transition a little bit with Madison Ruff, she does a great job of getting to the rack. She had 11 points in their first meeting. Um, but if they can kind of force her to be a three-point shooter, that, that kind of takes away her strength at getting to the rim and playmaking for others. Uh, I think Tamia Smith is going to have to knock down some outside shots for Baldwin to win this game. She's probably their best three-point shooter and most consistent. Uh, she had eight points in that first meeting. And then another player to keep an eye on, Cassidy Neal, the big freshman at about six foot tall. Uh, she had 10 points in their, their, uh, their prior matchup. But uh, again, with all that being said, I'm going with Luella. I think they've been 
very, very locked in throughout the postseason. Again, with something to prove after flopping in the first round, they have not let those bad memories get in their head. And that big win over Carver-Columbus, I think, was a a plant-the-flag type game as far as being ready to win a state title. So I like Luella to beat Baldwin and use a little bit more of their quickness to try and slow down Baldwin, not let them dump it inside of Janae Walker. They know they got to keep her off the glass. I like Luella to win this game. On the right-hand side, Marist, again, they're just crippling defense, 36-16. to 16. Uh, Just just muck it up and make Heritage Katusa uh, cry for mercy. Again, this Marist defense is just – nobody in the state of Georgia dictates, dictates the tempo better than Marist does. I'm looking at a 16-point game they allowed. They gave up 19 points in the Sweet 16. They gave up – 28 in the first round to North Oconee. Their defense is getting better and better and better and better and better. And they will be playing Pickens, who I know they're going to clip this because they always love to clip it, and they're not the only ones, but they're going to clip this podcast because every time I pick against Pickens, they get the job done. They rallied to beat Jefferson 51-50. Jefferson blowing about a 12-digit, 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. And again, Jefferson without their best player, Natalia Bolden, But I'm looking at this Pickens team, and I'm not trying to take any credit away because they have fought tooth and nail. They could have rolled over and died many a time as they trailed uh, in both of these fourth quarters against Doherty, a game where Doherty had it. You know, they were in control the entire game, and they fell apart. And Jefferson, double-digit lead in the fourth quarter uh, at home. You can't lose that game, but they found a way to lose it. And you got to give credit to Pickens for being able to claw back and win this game. But Marist is going to put the clamps down. I think Pickens, again, they have an opportunity to win this game. They're not seeing a team that is just going to be overwhelming you with insane length or insane speed or quickness. But Kim Hickson is a fantastic coach, as is Brandon Thomas. you got to give him a lot of credit. He has put Pickens County right back on the map since getting back to Jasper, Georgia. And they're going to have a chance in this game. But Maris has just absolutely put everybody in clamps. Avery Fantucci has been very strong. I know she had a very strong game. Uh, I believe she scored in double digits in this last matchup. Marist is not going to have this game be high scoring. This game is going to be played in the low 30s. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the 20s. Marist does such a good job of taking away what you want to do. I think this game is going to be close, but I see this game being somewhere maybe Marist 32 points, Pickens 26 points, there are not going to be a lot of points scored here. And again, Maris has seen a lot of good teams, and they have just absolutely turned them into mush offensively. This is going to be a grind fest, and because it is such a low-scoring game, Pickens is going to be in it all throughout. And again, uh, you know, you have to kill the dragon. You have to kill the dragon and drive that 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 uh, that sword into the heart of the dragon, but no one's been able to do it. And until the buzzer... Until that scoreboard says 0-0-0-0, Pickens is always going to have a chance to win. But I think Maris, just with this defense, the best defense in the state of Georgia this year, by far, at least as far as points allowed, I just I just don't know how Pickens is going to be able to win this grudge match. Again, I think they're going to have a great chance, but I'm going with the defense of Marist, clamping them down, a low-scoring game again. It's going to be up for grabs just because it's not going to be high scoring, but I see Maris winning this one, like, as I mentioned, maybe 32 to 26, something like that. I'm going with Maris, and I'm going with this defense, and I'm going with Maris. If they have a lead, to not fumble it away like Jefferson and like Doherty. I'm going with the War Eagles. And this game, as I need to mention, that will be – Fort Valley State on Friday, going with Marist. Can't wait to see this clip uh, clipped by Pickens afterwards. Class 3A, we are playing on the 5th at Georgia College and State. And good news, everybody, I'm going to be on the broadcast 
For class 3A and class 2A, man, don't I love these small schools, and don't I try and put in the effort to go and see these teams. Class 3A, we got three out of four teams correctly predicted, and those three out of four teams, that's what we had at the very beginning of the state playoffs. So one game I got wrong, Westminster 49-36 over Sumter County. And they will play Lumpkin County, a game that I was at, 49-39. They beat Cross Creek, the defending state champs. They come back for their 5.8 seconds and get the job done. Um, great hospitality there. I love speaking to the moms of Cross Creek, those state champs. Andre Herbert's mom, shout out all of them. Uh, kids have since graduated, but tremendous supporters of the boys and girls program across creek and it's people like that that really raise the culture around a program that might not have that that traditional success in the graduates that are always there and coming back for a hundred years and sitting on the sidelines of laney and josie and some of these other programs but cross creek is building a culture and it's starting with with the parents and with uh, you know people that really want to support their community, and kudos to the parents there at Cross Creek. But this was an interesting game. It was a 21-7 start for Cross Creek. Michaela Bogans was going crazy. She is a certified D1 player. I know she's only about 5'5", but she's only a sophomore. Uh, she was hitting everything, hitting these step-back threes, uh, threes. Uh, over top of the screen when Lumpkin County would go under. She was creating. She was hitting mid-range shots. Uh, 12 points in that first quarter. Got him to a good start. But then Jenna Wilburn went down with an injury. And now, uh, you know, I looked at the stats. I don't think she scored. She had maybe two rebounds. But it wasn't necessarily what she was bringing in the stat sheet. It was just that she was big. She rebounds. She could alter shots inside. Um... She was tough and physical, and she did a good job moving her feet whenever she was on the perimeter. So that does play a role. I'm not going to say that changes the entire complexion of the game, but for a team that only plays five players, and then, uh-oh, we got to go to number six, that puts you in a tough spot. And when she went down, the, the floodgates opened for Lumpkin County. They went on a 22-2 run. Avery Jones went crazy, hit four threes in that third quarter and took their first lead in the third quarter. Um, Jones... Had 26 points. I think she ended up with five threes. Mary Molinex had a slow start, but just how good she anticipates on the perimeter with those loose balls and getting steals and knocking things away. She had nine points and seven rebounds. Lexi Pierce, eight points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals. And Michaela Bogans on the other side finished with 23 points. Um, and the one thing I will say for Lumpen County, it, when Wilbin went down, this was not all, all of a sudden Lumpen County started pounding the ball inside and scoring. It was, it was from the three-point line. They get so much on that little cross action playing across the perimeter where they're going to send one through and get an open look, and then someone's going to pop back for an open three. You know what's coming, and it always works to get open looks. And once those shots started falling for Avery Jones, boy, oh, boy, did she really make a statement in front of Augusta and in front of uh, Francis Marion, who was in the building. There might have been a couple other D2 schools there, but those are the two I saw. If they did not circle Avery Jones's name, and of course they already know about Michaela Bogans, how good she is, they're doing a disservice. Avery Jones put this team on her back and shot lights out. And now Lumpkin County against Westminster. What we should have saw a season ago, I know these two teams, what was it? Hooked up in the Sweet 16, and that was the, uh, the uh, disappointing end to Westminster's Phenomenal season a year ago when Courtney Ogden did not play because Lumpkin County fans' home court advantage did not require masks, and she decided, whoever decided, that she was not going to be able to play. And Westminster hung around a little bit in that first half, but ended up losing, what, about 58-40, to 40, lost by 18 points. And what happened in that game? Well, we already said, well, you were without your best player. That averaged 20 points per game. So if you throw 20 points on there, of course, you would have to think that changes things. So what do we think is going to happen here? Uh, again, we, we, we mentioned in the preview podcast about uh, this Westminster team. They were, I don't know, like 2-11, and 11, something very, very bad, 1-something without uh, Courtney Ogden. But they're about 14-2, and 14-1, you know, in that, in that range. Uh, with her they want have won pretty much every game since she has been available on the floor um Courtney Ogden not 
a super explosive score, a, a very terrific skilled score, and is going to use her height to her advantage to put in points and do a ton of damage. Um, and with her size, she's she's going to cause some problems because she can get to that wing and she can pull up and sh- she can shoot over people. I'm going to be interested to see how Lumpkin County de- uh, decides to defend her. Mary Molinex, I would imagine, would be uh, somewhat of a logical decision to try and slow her down because she does have that length and that quickness and anticipates well to try and make it difficult. Uh, Ogden had 21 points against Sumter County uh, and Stella Chartrand, who needs to hit shots for Westminster to beat Lumpkin County. She had 18 points. Um, Westminster definitely has a great opportunity to win this game. When you have the probably the best player left in the classification, and a lot of these teams do have some stars, but we're talking about a junior that's already committed to play at Stanford, is about six foot one in a wing and just scores and scores and scores. You have a chance to win this one, but Lumpkin County has been the best team all season long in Class 3A. They have not lost a game with David Douse on these sidelines. Westminster, again, they're going to have a great opportunity, but I cannot pick against Lumpkin County. If they're able to knock down some shots, and again, you live by the three, you die by the three, they have to hit shots, but they've hit shots all season long, and they get clean, open looks. Now, Westminster, they do have some athleticism and some quality length on the perimeter to try and take that away, but I think a a, a key piece here. Keep an eye on Kate Jackson. If she's able to clean up some misses inside and score around the rim, I think she could be a a, a very important role in what Lumpkin County does here. Either way, I think this should be a very close game again, but I'm going with Lumpkin County, the team that has been the best team all season long. On the right-hand side of the bracket, GAC 67-60. It was a tight one all throughout at LFO. They advanced to see Pierce County who beat down Central Macon 56-34. And this is going to be a fun, good, potential coming out party for Pierce County because we're seeing, you know, the great guard Kaylee Addy going to Xavier. We know how good she is. J.C. Bolden, she's got multiple Division II looks and even Division I schools are asking about her. But the one player that might be flying under the radar that college coaches have periodically asked about her uh, throughout the summer Hey, can I get this girl's contact information? This is coming from D1 all the way down to D3, D2. Natalie Heron, a 2,000-point scorer in high school, a three-time region player of the year. She is the real deal. She is going to present some major issues for GAC. Now, I don't know if Pierce County is going to win this game. I don't know if they have um, you know, all that supporting cast. I know they have a good cast of characters. But, you know, GAC has a very good scoring guard in Kaylee uh, Addy. And I'm just looking at Pierce County, you know, they haven't necessarily seen like a, 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 a you know, a big time high major Division I scoring option like Kaylee Addy. But they have beaten East Forsyth a good team. They did take care of Savannah in the first round. They did beat Central Macon. But the one thing that those teams lack is that superstar power. And that's what GAC has. And GAC has been there, done that before, and has won these games and has won a state title before. I think this is going to be close throughout. I don't see Pierce County relenting an inch. And if Natalie Heron gets going, GAC is going to be in some trouble. But I'm going to go with GAC here, my original pick to make it to Macon. Uh, but Pierce County is going to be a hell of a team to try and put away. Now, let's go on to Class 2A. Again, a classification that I've been covering closely. And we are really starting to learn, really starting to learn about this classification. When you got these teams from all over the state, uh, you kind of think you know, but then you don't really know. Things are really starting to discover themselves, let's say. March 4th at Georgia College. Excited to call these games. Let's start on the top left-hand side. Elbert County, 73-43. Callaway had no shot in this one. No Jasmine Thornton. Elbert County, uh, I believe Terrace Hester hit like six threes. Uh, Yeah, Elbert County proving that this team is legit. They've been number one for the vast majority of the season until they ran into Raven County and lost to them twice. But Elbert County is the real deal. 
Now they are seeing, oh, they're old friends of Josie, who they know very well. As we look at what happened last year, Josie eliminated Elbert County in the Elite Eight. What was it, 46-44 or 46-45? One of the two scores, Josie got the job done there. Well, these two teams played earlier in the season, and it was at the Inferno at Elbert County, and it was another close one, 48-45. Elbert County got the job done. Now let's talk about what Josie did in the Elite Eight. 61-53 over Fannin County. They were just beating up Fannin for a vast majority of this game, up around 20 points, until Fannin really found a spark and started playing hard and really got back into this game, a rematch of last year's state championship game. But Josie was able to be the better team and put this game away. And now it sets up that matchup with Elbert County. And again, very, very interesting. Very interesting to see how this game plays out. Uh, again, we already mentioned how these two teams know each other very well. Um, both get after it. It's, uh, a lot of this is predicated with the guard play. And Josie is going to have the length advantage. They're definitely going to have the length advantage. Um, but the, the the toughness of these guards for Elbert County. And if Terrace Hester is knocking down shots. If Nia Moon is knocking down shots, I will tell you right now, Elbert County has better shooters than Josie. Josie is not a great three-point shooting team. Um, so it's going to be tough if they get some shots down. Uh, Nia Moon, she had 19 points in their first meeting this year. And Nia Allen had 12. Jemiah Allen had six. Um, so that's that's what you saw right there with that that tough that tough guard play. But again, Josie... Where they have a big advantage, Aquias Cody, she is a really good player. I know she's got some D2s and everything looking at her. This is a, a tough-nosed kid. I liked her last year in the state championship game. You know, nothing crazy flashy about her, but she rebounds. She scores inside. Uh, she's a leader on this team. Very good player. She had 17 points and 9 rebounds against Fannin County. And again, as I keep mentioning... Uh, for Elbert County, as a very key player that's not going to score a ton of points, but Brenasia Faust, she has to do a good job rebounding and altering shots inside and keeping Cody off the glass and trying to keep uh, Ariana Booker out of the lane. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. But the player I'm looking at here for Josie, again, she needs to be very good. Keyshawna Brown going to Jacksonville had five points and four rebounds against Fannin County. She needs to make plays. Not necessarily has to be scoring the ball. She doesn't have to score 20 points or anything crazy like that. But her defense and her length, she has to be locked in. She has to fly around. She has to really make Elbert County feel them because Elbert County is a super quick team. But, you know, it's not that often that they see super quick teams that can match them there but have that length and athleticism as well. With all that being said, this game is going to go down to the wire. But the team I picked to open up this podcast before the state tournament started, the team that was ranked number one for the longest time was Elbert County. And I am going with the Blue Devils in an absolutely great matchup against Josie. I think Elbert County, even though they got their little revenge in the regular season, I still think it sticks in their crawl what happened when they lost that game in the Elite Eight. Neutral site now, Georgia College. I'm going with Elbert County. Top right-hand side, the right-hand side in general. Oh, there is a lot to take in here. Northeast making 85-52, absolutely crushes Laney crushes them. A huge statement win. And on the bottom right-hand side, I said I was worried. Chatuga by far was the least, I don't want to, how do I say this without being mean? But they were the least best team available. I know that is not proper English, but a team that was playing with house money that maybe shouldn't have been there. Raven County handled their business 73-34, to scored almost 30 points in the first quarter, and never let Chatuga get in this game. But what do we take away here from Region 3, which we thought, as I said, when you find out what these regions do, it can really shift how you feel about things. And it has shifted how I feel about things. That is for certain. Let me make sure I have this all pulled up and ready to rock and roll. But again, Region 3, Northeast Macon, 
They won that region. We thought it was a really, really good region. Now we uh, we kind of see maybe maybe not quite as strong as we thought because Chattooga, they beat that Lamar County team in the first round, and then they, they, they get they get curb stomped pretty good uh, by Rabin County. Uh, and what else did we see in this Class 3A? Uh, Dodge County, they got beat by Callaway by one point. And Elbert, Ca- uh, Elbert County beat Callaway by what we just say, 30 points. So that's not looking too good as far as the strength of Region 3. And again, it, all that matters is Northeast Macon now. Forget everybody else in Region 3. Uh, but we even Washington County losing by 16 points to Fannin County. And Fannin County was down 20 points all game against Josie. If you kind of catch my drift here, it looks like Region 3 uh, not quite as strong as we expected. They've kind of folded up in spots. But Northeast Macon is very good. And this Northeast Macon team is going to be quite similar to Elbert County just as far as they're going to be super quick and they're going to be running around and very tough. Now, what is a little bit different is they're more predicated on one star player in Jakia Little averaging over 22 points per game. She is tough. But Rabin County has seen a team like this with very quick, very good guards. Elbert County. And Elbert County does it better than pretty much everybody in Class 2A that has those quick little guards that get after you. Elbert County is the golden standard as far as that goes. And, you know, Rabin County, they did beat Elbert twice. They did get those two wins at home, one of them being the region championship. I don't know. Uh, Northeast Macon, if the, again, if this turns into a track meet, advantage Northeast Macon. But if Rabin County is able to execute, if they do go to the press, which I'm not sure if they will, they might break it out in spots here and there. If they're able to execute, if Gracie Dietz is able to bring her A game inside and you know she's averaging about 15 points per game, but she's able to score around the rim and maybe block a shot or two, grab a couple second chance points, if Lucy Hood, again, you know, scoring is kind of put that in the back seat right now. She's more of a distributor. If she's able to use her playmaking ability, if she, she can get into that lane and kick it out to Sophie Woodard, who had a huge game against Chattooga. If she's knocking down shots, if Carly Haben is locked in from the get-go as a 5'10 guard, Raven County has maybe more offensive weapons than Northeast Macon. Maybe not quite as dynamic as that one weapon as Jakia Little, but I'm telling you, Raven County has seen some of the best of the best, and the best of the best that Northeast Macon has seen this year, we have quickly come to find out that maybe they weren't as awesome as we thought as far as 2A goes. You throw everything out the window this time of year, and you know they say styles make fights, styles make matchups. It's going to be challenging. If Rabin County can bottle up Jakia Little and just, just play their style of basketball and knock down their open shots, Rabin County is the number one ranked team in the state for a reason. Those two wins over Elbert County give me great hope for Rabin to handle a very tough team like Northeast. But we're talking about a game that's going to be uh, in Milledgeville. That ain't too far from Northeast Macon. They're going to have the entire city there supporting the Raiders. But as will Rabin County, they will make that three-hour drive to Milledgeville to see this game. I'm going with Rabin County in this one. This is my original pick to make it to the state championship. It's going to be tough. But the one thing I can plant my flag on here, what Region 3 has done in the state tournament has been a little shaky, all things considered. And Rabin County has two wins over Elbert County, who I think still might might be the best team. They might not win the state title, but consistently, if you look at the resume, Elbert County has the best resume. In Class 2A, those wins over them, that gives me a little bit of uh, comfortability picking Raven County here. Going to be tough, but I'm going Lady Cats to make it back to Macon. Up next is Class A Private. It's been status quo. I'm looking at my bracket. I see no red scratch marks, and you know what that means. A perfect bracket is intact right now. Uh, that's 16 of 16, 8 of 8, 4 of 4. Haven't gotten a game wrong here. And that's, that's, 
That's what's kind of a bummer about Class A Private. You got your one coin flip game that could be tough, St. Francis and Hebron, but if you clear that, you pretty much know what you got. And that's what we got. Top left-hand side, we saw Holy Innocence race past Landmark Christian 66-39. And Mount Perrin, a very impressive 48-21 win over Trinity Christian. Mount Perrin, I think, was my number one ranked team to open up the season. I was told I need to watch more basketball, and I just don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence has been the best team all season long in Class A Private, and you can't debate that. They've been the best team in the state of Georgia on the girls' side. Holy Innocence is my pick to win the state title, so that means I have to pick them to beat Mount Perrin. Uh, Holy Innocence beat them twice last year. They eliminated Mount Perrin. This is Kara Dunn's last hurrah. Can Jessica Fields be a huge difference maker inside? Can she get the job done as a freshman? Does she play a huge role? Can Caitlin Dunning control the tempo and knock down some outside shots? Can Kara Dunn get loose? And outside of Kara Dunn, who is going to step up scoring the ball? I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I know Holy Innocence is just too juiced up from top to bottom. Olivia Hutchinson, who I said was their best player, to open up the season as a preseason All-State pick, and I was told that that is not correct. Well, she won the Region Player of the Year, so maybe I was on to something there. What a shock. But Holy Innocence is very, very tough. I'm going with Holy Innocence to win this game with just too much firepower on the roster. I just think they're going to be able to grind it out and pull away from Mount Perrin. Right-hand side, we saw Hebron 53. I guess it was St. Francis 51. Is that score correct? I'm, I'm, let me double-check and make sure I put that in correctly because that is a very, very close game. And Hebron got the job done. That is right, 53-51. We saw Amaya Porter hit some clutch free throws to send Hebron back to the Final Four. Still an opportunity to defend their state title. Uh, Jesse Parrish had... 13 points here, the big Wofford commit inside, or signee, and then Porter had 11, Aubrey Beckham, the transfer freshman, had 10 points, so on and so forth, and now they're seeing Galloway, Galloway, they were able to pull away from Tallulah Falls, a game that they won 55 to 43, uh, yeah, only 12-point win. You don't have to win super sexy this time of year. All that matters is wins. Uh, but looking forward to the next game, it does get very interesting here. Uh, breaking down who did well for this Galloway team, uh, we saw Galloway get 16 points from Tiana Thompson. You saw Jasmine Baxter, a young post presence, 14 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 blocks, and Kyla Kane, 10 points. So you know, they, we know their nucleus. We know their core. Jasmine Bax, she's going to have to play a big game inside against the size and length and strength of Hebron. And that is going to be a difficult task. These two teams met earlier in the season. We saw Hebron come away with a 61-60 win. And then the region tournament, they beat Galloway 55-46. And I think Hebron is going to beat Galloway for a third time. Incredibly difficult to beat a good team three times. But I'm going with Hebron. I just think they've been a little bit better than Galloway throughout the season. And with already two wins under their belt, they know they can beat Galloway. And I think they will beat Galloway. This game, of course, is on, let's see, this one is on Saturday as the Holy Innocence game. That game was on Friday. Class A Private all split up. Very yucky. I don't like how they're doing that. But I'm going with Hebron to make it back to the state championship. Now we finish up with Class A Public. Again, who the heck knows what's going to happen here? I have no clue. This is March 5th at Valdosta State. Commerce plays Hancock Central. Commerce, a 37-34 winner over Pelham. We did preface last uh, podcast with Commerce. They don't have a great record. They had a big girl go down early. But they played a lot of really good North Georgia teams. And as we know, North Georgia basketball on the girls' side is good, and I think it's better than South Georgia basketball on the girls' side. And I think that's kind of played itself out. They get past Pelham 37-34. Now Hancock Central takes down the only team I thought I could believe in Montgomery County. They take them down 58-56. So Hancock Central is a legit contender now. And now I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick against them. Now, I just said I think South Georgia basketball is not as good as North Georgia basketball. But Hancock does have size inside. 
Um, Jaluxia Hargrove is a big bruiser down low. Amber Williams is averaging close to 10 points. They have Neela Lamar is a good freshman, and their leading scorer is Jamaria Lawrence. I've picked against Hancock Central pretty much all season long, but to get the win over Montgomery, that tells me, okay, okay, I think it's time to pick Hancock Central, but Boiling DeBose and company over there at Commerce, they just keep finding ways to win. But now this is way down south, and this is going to be uh, – uh, I would say close to a home game for Hancock Central. Sparta heading down to Valdosta is still a little bit of a trip, but I'm going with Hancock to win this one. But again, Commerce has seen better basketball. North Georgia girls basketball is better than South Georgia girls basketball, but I'm going with Hancock Central. Right-hand side, Taylor County 54, 42 winners over Dublin, and they play Lake Oconee Academy. 63-60, a winner over Seminole County. Oh, my goodness, Ed Wilson has stepped in and has taken this team to another level. They don't have necessarily a, a, a solidified D1 player on the roster like they did last year, but Ed Wilson getting it done with the X and O's, and now they are playing Taylor County. I am going with Lake Oconee Academy here. Again, Ah, it's it's a real toss up. If they can handle Taylor County with that physical physicality they have inside, with uh, Jalea Zachary, I believe her name is, she is going to cause some issues. But there is very good guard play and some solid athleticism on the perimeter. All things considered, for LOA, I think uh, you really got to be careful with the Bosarts and the Heinens of the world. They are tough. Um, I, I I think LOA. I'm I'm gonna stick with them or at least I'm going to stick with them right now. This is the first time I'm picking them. I'm going with the Lady Titans to make it to the state title game and get over Taylor County. And there you have it, folks. Final Four Girls podcast preview podcast is all wrapped up. Again, I will be in Georgia College. Please um, leave your hate mail at home, but I will be down there calling the game. Should be fun. Great honor to be on NFHS calling these games. Two classifications, 2 and 3A, that I've been following very closely as I have the whole state, but I really like those two classifications. Anyway, I will see you in the gym. We will see what happens in the Final Four. There will be no shortage of madness and mayhem, I'm sure. Until then, next you'll see me in the Macon Centerplex. I will catch you later.